Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yankees win in Boston last night. They take the opener of a four-game set. They did it without Aaron Judge in the lineup. It is Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, also on your smart speaker. And don't forget about Sirius XM Channel 80. We are joined today by Hembo of the Hashtag Crew Camp Pratt with us as well. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And so much of the discussion around what? I just have to call a quick, a brief timeout, a very brief timeout. Has it been established that Cam does not own a hashtag? Because you're using his first and last name without a hashtag. I just want to make sure that it's clear for our audience and for me. Where Cam's? I, I don't think I'm the one who establishes whether or not Cam has a hashtag. Does Greeny he? has established I have one, but I'm fine. Well, I apologize by my first then for and last name. It's yeah, no, no big deal. I, he's 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 out today. I mean, this is an egregious oversight. Yes, it is, and it's a bad job by me. But I did not realize that Cam had in fact no. been assigned a hashtag. It's not a bad job by you. It's a bad job by Cam. Look, my last name is Hembakita, so if someone says my last name wrong, I always correct them. He did not use the hashtag Cam. It is your obligation to correct him. Wow. I have bigger fish to fry, I feel like. I don't need to be but by the way, has, splitting seen, hairs here. Chris, have you ever seen anyone wear a smaller, more snug shirt to work? Yeah, that's a baby Cam gap type right situation there, Cam. He does. Cam is wearing... See, here's the thing. Cam is wearing a short-sleeve uh, collared shirt. Not a golf shirt, but a, a button-down. Kind of. Well, not button-down, but you know what yeah. I mean. It's got buttons down the middle. Mm-hmm. I am wearing that today as well. You are as well. All three. As a large guy... I feel as if this is not my best look. I, I don't know what it is about this look that screams late 50s, out of touch, out of shape, father, and I am only one of those things, and that's out of shape. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, what, I wonder what it is that screams that. Yes, exactly. I, I, <laughs> like, I look at you. You're very slender. How, what do you weigh, 150 pounds? No, I'm 170. 170. 170. Cam, what do you weigh? Almost two hundred, but I'm six four. Wow, you're re- you're six four. You're six four. Wow. Not quite as tall and chiseled as Alan Hahn, but no, almost. no, you're not quite. You've right. you've got a little more Chet Holmgren to you than Alan Hahn does, I think, <laughs> at this point. Am I wrong to say that this is not the best look for someone of my ilk? Uh, well, I guess what is the what is the summer alternative? Is is a? Is, oh, here's the thing. I've got. The dress T-shirts that I wear a lot, all different colors. Dress T-shirts. Crew crew neck T-shirts is probably my safest way to go. I feel the golf shirt really looks like makes me look like a, a completely out of touch father. I only wear it on the golf course yeah, when I have to. That's right. I mean, I with this shirt, I feel like I may as well be wearing. Some cargo shorts and like white socks that are pulled up high. Yeah, yeah. That, that is a good. that is a dad, dad that gave up mowing his lawn shirt. Yes, that's 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 what you're wearing right now. I don't think it looks awful on you, but I do I do think it mischaracterizes the person that you've become. <laughs> <laughs> Throw on some cargo shorts and maybe a, a visor or something, and you look like oh. you're ready to spend the day at Six Flags. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Never trust a bald man with a visor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A bald man with a visor just he immediately loses credibility across the board. Uh, that to me just says, why? Why would you bother? Mm-hmm. What, what are you doing? I look at people who wear visors, and I'm jealous of them. I think it's the reason why Matt Nagy is not still the coach of the Bears. Could be. Could be. That's a great call. And there are a lot of football coaches who do it. And I would argue, like, can you give me a Hall of Fame football coach who was bald and wore a visor? <laughs> no. I can't think of any. That profile doesn't exist. Yeah, I don't think kidding? 
Anyway, back to the Yankees and Aaron Judge. It's Chris Garland in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio. So Aaron Judge is out of the lineup last night with a calf issue. It is something that he has dealt with before. And the first thing it does is it scares the daylights out of you when it comes to Judge with the season that he has had. I'm sure it bothers Judge because this was the biggest problem that he had had going into last year. He was completely labeled, and appropriately so, as injury-prone. And he's got this massive body, and that's not something that's going to hold up for the long term. But yet here he is playing center field, and last night gets to questions before the game. Does this have to do with playing center field? No, it doesn't have to do with playing center field. I will be curious to see if he is back in there tonight. The Yankees say they expect him to be, that it's a day-to-day thing. There is a part of me that wonders, with the way this season has gone for them, and, and this is, again, not suggesting anyone is evil, <laughs> not suggesting any harm or on, or on anyone, but there is a little part of me, given how the se- season has gone and what transpired with Judge and the contract, if Brian Cashman would look at this and say, well, he's got a soft tissue injury that may keep him out a couple of weeks, in the, but certainly nothing that's going to cost him long-term, nothing that's going to be an issue for the postseason or anything like that. Maybe not the worst thing in the world when you're trying to go back to the bargaining table and you have completely gotten your doors blown off this season off of an offer before the beginning of the year. Am I wrong for even suggesting that just that little tweak that could put him on a 15-day DL sp- uh, stint wouldn't bother Brian Cashman. I don't think it would keep him up at night. Because what what we were sort of setting up for here, because everything has been turning up Aaron Judge, is imagine if Babe Ruth becomes a free agent in 1927. Imagine if Mickey Mantle becomes a free agent in 1961. That's what Aaron Judge is doing right now. Mm -hmm. He has become the face of baseball. He is on pace or had been on pace to hit 60 home runs. This was sort of a PR nightmare for the Yankees who put out those numbers before the season began, I think thinking they were being slick, right? They don't look so slick right now. If you talk to anybody around the game, they think that Aaron Judge's next contract is going to start with either a number three or a number four. So I think, yes, in some sense, especially because they have such a large lead in the division, mm. I, I don't think if Aaron Judge took a week or two off, it would kill Brian Cashman. No, I don't, I, I don't think it would either. But yet at this point, you look at what's coming, and you have put together some odds on what you believe the value would be on where he could end up after this season. In other words, when those numbers eventually do get posted, where will Aaron Judge sign? Mm. You have assigned some odds to that. So let's hear the Hembo odds yes. from the Hembo Sportsbook yes, now, about where Aaron Judge ends up. I've not yet been licensed, so this is an offshore situation. Right. But, but even okay. so, I, I have the You're Yankees. huge in Costa You're clear in Costa Rica. You're all good there. Guam, et cetera. So the Yankees are even. I have the Yankees as yep. even odds to sign Aaron Judge, to re-sign mm. Aaron Judge. I have the San Francisco Giants, 3-1 to one odds yep. to sign Aaron Judge, a big market team with no future payroll commitment. I have the New York Mets, their mega, uh, mega billionaire uh, Steve Cohen as their owner, at 5-1 to one odds. So I have the Mets at 5-1. to one. I've got the Cubs, who might be a frisky large market team on the come, at 10-1 to one odds. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving you the other 26 teams in the league, the field, even odds. So the Yankees are even. The rest of the field is even. The Giants, 3-1. to one, The Mets, 5-1. to one, And the Cubs, 10-1. to one. What is the best value on that board? So you're getting the rest of the league at even. That's actually not a terrible value if 
the Dodgers were to get involved, if mm. and the Angels would get involved. Would which, the Red Sox get involved? Well, I'll tell you what. Can you imagine? I, I would look at this Yankees-Red Sox rivalry right now and say that it really lacks some, some juice in a lot of ways. It, it does. It does not have the personalities that it did, and it, you cannot replicate that. If you want to revive the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry, watch Aaron Judge sign with the Red Sox and see how ugly that would turn. That would turn it. This would get back to early 2000s level. It really would very, very quickly. Because if that ever happened, and I absolutely think the Red Sox could be involved on that when they've got the situations they do with Devers and Bogarts Mm -hmm. where they haven't exactly uh, made it clear that they're going to keep them on long-term deals. Although, based on last night, I would absolutely make sure I keep Devers. Um, If they signed Aaron Judge, and I think they will absolutely be in on him, that, like, the American League East would explode. Oh, that's exactly, like you said, exactly what this rivalry needs. And the Red Sox could at least, in theory, do it. We know they have enough money to do so. We know they've made no long-term commitment to Xander Bogarts, who's an impending free agent. Look, we've seen what Aaron Judge, the amount... Aaron Judge, like I said, has become the face of baseball. Aaron Judge has also demonstrated very clearly through his actions that being a New York Yankee is not the most important thing in the world to him. And it seems to me that money, the size of his contract, is going to be a lot of his decision-making based upon the fact that he did not sign the one that they offered him before this season began, which a lot of people around the sport thought was fair. If the Red Sox got involved in the Aaron Judge sweepstakes as anything more than a drive-the-price-up kind of thing, it would be an absolutely stunning revelation and would sort of supercharge this rivalry for the duration of his career. If you were Aaron Judge, should being a Yankee be the most important thing to you? Absolutely. 100%. If Aaron Judge has any question about what that might mean, he should call Derek Jeter. I am 100% convinced that if Aaron Judge signed most anywhere else, I won't say that he would live the rest of his career in anonymity. I think that would sell him short. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination that he's going to be the face of baseball wherever he winds up going. Being a you know, 50-plus home run hitter on the New York Yankees is the reason he's that right now. But you put Aaron Judge in most any other market, I think he benefits a lot more from the relationship than the Yankees do. Those pinstripes have lived forever. There have been any number of great players that have come and gone. I think it would uh, benefit Aaron Judge a lot if he were willing to stay with the Yankees, and even if that meant taking a, say, a 10, 10% pay cut. Chris Carlin in for Greedy on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. There's something else that he can do here in the next few weeks that would greatly add to his value. Aaron Judge can make a major step, if healthy, toward really establishing himself as the face of baseball. Hmm. Participate in the home run derby. And here's why. Huh. I understand that he didn't love it. He did it once. Okay. For number one, if it's going to wreck your swing for the second half of the season, that's on you, bro. Okay? You have to be a little bit more mentally tough than to let a batting practice session in front of America ruin your second half of the year. That's number one. Number two, though, think about it. You've got the All-Star Game in Dodger Stadium. You would have a historic first half of the year and you would have one of the top people in the game taking part in it. You know, let me ask you this. If Judge took part in it, would that maybe 
drive Shohei Otani to take part in it? Hmm. Like, my idea here is just simply that Aaron Judge, in helping establish himself away from the Yankees, Interesting. doing it in a place like Dodger Stadium, would create that value that you are arguing is not there elsewhere. Hmm. In other words, I... I think the Giants are going to be so hot and heavy after him. I love the fact that you have him as the number two favorite at three to one. Aaron Judge in San Francisco would be great, but you think, well, what happened to him? Listen, I'm not saying he's Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds went to San Francisco and didn't lose any notoriety. Judge needs to really show America who he is. Hmm. And I know Yankee fans will hate the idea of him taking part in in the uh, home run derby, but if he is healthy, and this calf is not an issue. From a marketing standpoint, he should really consider My goodness, it. and it's also a showcase to 29 other owners. Yep. On the face of the sport, I can be yours for the right price. Look, I was sort of skeptical when you went there, but that's a pretty easy sell. That's a really, really good call, given any potential shortcomings he has in his candidacy as to be the, the, the sort of face of baseball long-term. Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Up next, everybody agrees that Justin Fields needs to take a big step forward in year two, but is that actually possible? We'll explain. Two-a-days, the Chicago Bears next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. ESPN Radio's NFL Tool Days. Jeff Darlington, the Bears will win blank games this season. Look, they won, what, six games last year? I'll say seven this year. They're, they're one game better this year. I said yeah. four games. Ooh, I'm giving them four. Ooh, that's four, okay, okay. you went a little that's okay. You got a new head coach. You have no offensive weapons for a young quarter. I mean, they don't have anything. They out there messing around with Jeff Darlington, Keyshawn yeah. Johnson, and Allen Hahn. Like, come on. <laughs>
Let's not get nuts. But I see the point of what Keyshawn's saying. We're hearing more from him on the Bears in a moment. Justin Fields is obviously everything for the Bears this season. It is Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. And on ESPN Plus, we're going to head to Chicago in 10 minutes and get the full fill-in on the Bears. The full fill-in. Well done. Uh, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So Matt Eberflus is the new coach of the Chicago Bears. What kind of a difference is that going to make in year one? I don't know that I see it the same way Jeff Darlington does, that this team takes a step forward and goes from four to seven. This team could even take a step back. I don't know, given losing Allen Robinson, given losing you know, what they have lost, the offensive line wasn't very good to begin with. You lose James Daniels as well. That the Bears are a team with Justin Fields that – it would be fair for them to expect him to make a major jump. You trade away Khalil Mack. Okay. That starts to tell me about what the new regime is thinking about. They are thinking about, I don't want to use the phrase stripping it down, but it's not that far away from that. It's, it's certainly more of a rebuild than a retool when you are trading out Allen Robinson for Byron Pringle. But don't get me wrong. Is a nice receiver, but he was a fourth or fifth receiver on Kansas City. Darnell Mooney has really uh, certainly stepped up and become very good. And maybe they looked at it and felt like they could um, take that risk and accept him, expect him to continue to build off a 1,000-yard season. But there's nothing about the Bears in the NFC North that has me feeling particularly good about where they're headed in 2022. I think the Bears have a chance to be the worst team in the NFL. A chance. Now, maybe Matt Eberflus comes in, can pretty quickly change the culture there, elevate the play of that roster, and they might be okay. But I think that's their ceiling. I think okay is their ceiling. Pro Football Focus has the roster ranked 30th in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Pro Football Focus has their offensive line ranked 31st, protecting their second-year quarterback. And what I did is a little inventory of what other second-year quarterbacks might have around them. So I just added up all the dollars spent mm-hmm. on the supporting casts for Mac Jones, for Zach Wilson, for Trevor Lawrence, and for Justin Fields. For Mac Jones, that totals $108 million. That's the most in the NFL. For the Jets, it's $90 million. For the Jags, it's $89 million. For the Bears, it's $52 million. Second fewest in the NFL. I, I think Justin Fields, frankly, is set up to fail this year. He's not going to be well-blocked for there aren't skill players around him that I have much faith in, at least. And I'm not sure that defense is even an approximation of what it was a few years ago. Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. So off of that, let's hear Keyshawn from this morning on Justin Fields in 2022. 2023 is the year for them. They'll have more cap space. They'll be able to be big-time players in free agency. And that's okay. He just got to stay healthy, and he's got to just continue to grow at the position, learn the position and continue to grow at it. He's going to make a lot of major mistakes, and if his athletic ability can take over, and he can energize the team from that standpoint, then I think everybody will be oh my god, he's a second coming. We haven't seen this before. But if he struggles, you're going to hear people say, oh, well, you know, he may not be the answer. Should the Bears be looking be for unfair. another quarterback? Yeah. Which is unfair. But you're going to hear that because they're not looking at the long 
term situation. They're worried about the short term and the immediate right now, which isn't going to be good. It's not going to be good. And if I worry about Fields trying to improve this year, I am asking a lot of him. I want you to think back to, to two years ago when it was Trevor Lawrence and Fields in college. And it was universally Lawrence above everybody else. But then Fields, during the season, was regarded as the number two quarterback. Zach Wilson really didn't come along until much later in the year uh, in terms of getting the notoriety and the notice as being a franchise quarterback. Fields is capable of doing a lot of things on an elite level. I don't believe that one of them is making big plays with a subpar offensive line. You have to give him something to work with there because what is the instinct? It's to run around. It's to try to make plays off schedule. And to me, when you're trying to develop a quarterback, it's not that you have to teach him to stay in the pocket, but you have to teach him to have the right mentality as to when to take advantage of it and when not to take advantage of it and, and, or, and when to try to step in or stay in and make plays. Because trust me when I tell you, Justin Fields can make every throw. He can make every throw, especially the 25-yard outs on the sideline. He can make that throw. But the one thing you cannot ask him to do, as with any young quarterback, is to ask him to grow with an offensive line that is subpar. And I think these days, when we see quarterbacks fail coming out, that has a bigger factor in, in all of it than anything else. We, we have completely changed the way we look to evaluate franchise quarterbacks because of how they're paid now. When Sam Bradford came out and was really the last guy here, Cam knew, maybe Cam was, uh, the last guy to get paid the big bucks right away, you had no choice but to let those guys develop because you had already made that investment. Now there is a lot shorter of a uh, amount of time to work with for a franchise quarterback, and you evaluate them after three years, and then that's it. Asking Fields to do this without a representative offensive line, I think it's going to be very tough to evaluate him properly. Yeah, I favored Justin Fields in college. I thought he was an excellent player. I saw all the same things that you did. I'm not so sure that my skepticism here is a referendum on anything that I saw from him in his rookie year. I see very little around him. The Bears, have, the Bears roster has been so deteriorated. Over the last six years, they've made three first-round picks. One of them was Mitchell Trubisky, and one of them was Justin Fields. There's just very little top-end talent on that roster because they traded heaven and earth to get Trubisky and to get Fields. You do that enough times, you see the defense sort of age and sort of wear away. What's left? Like, if I'm a Bears fan right now, the only thing I have to hold on to is Justin Fields. But I sort of sense, like, Justin Fields is entering year two the way that Sam Darnold entered year two in New York. Like, he's going to have to be so great to be, like, to be average. And that's a lot to put on a young player. Well, up next, we head to Chicago to find out exactly what the expectations are for this team this year as we continue with the Bears on two-a-days on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. So where are the Bears headed in 2022? Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus on your smart speaker as well. What makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? Because they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99. And they've always got your battery solution. Get in the zone, AutoZone. It is Greeny coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. We go to Chicago now, the second of our two-a-days with the Chicago Bears. Mark A. Silverman, co-host of Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000, joins us right now. Sylvie, it's Chris Carlin in for Greeny. Appreciate a few minutes. How you doing? What's up, Chris? Appreciate it, man. And first of all, what are your expectations for the 2022 Bears? You know, I think uh, right now the expectations are that you hope that Justin Fields gets better. Um, you know, I heard the, the predictions of four wins, six wins, seven wins. Their schedule's a little bit er, uh, a little easier than last year. But I think everyone in Chicago is measuring this thing as they pull it back a little bit under first-year general manager Ryan Poles, is if Justin Fields is good. If Justin Fields is good, then maybe you could step on the gas next year and get better and finally have the quarterback that we as Bears fans have never had. But that's the biggest thing. I don't think you measure this year in wins. You measure this year by the accomplishment of Justin Fields' growth. Sylvie, how much do people weigh in the Bears' offensive line situation when they're trying to evaluate where Fields is going this year? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, I was, uh, I was joking with Orlovsky in our show yesterday, Chris, that here in Chicago we have not had a 30-touchdown-a-year guy ever. We've never had a 4,000-yard passer in a single season. The only franchise – to have neither, and where the charter franchise the Bears are, and it has to do with they've not had a recent great left tackle. They've not built up a great line. They just haven't been able to do that. So right now, they still don't know who their starting left tackle is. They don't know who their starting right tackle is. And I think a lot of people around the league, if you look at their skill guys, Justin doesn't have the support that a lot of the younger quarterbacks have. So 
dude, it goes into the football calculator, and we kind of are trying to figure out what that means for Justin Fields. Mark A. Silverman, Sylvie from Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000 in Chicago, 2 to 6 Central Time on ESPN 1000, joining us right now to talk Bears. Okay, so with that in mind, as people look at the roster, you trade away Khalil Mack, are they looking at this as Ryan Poles is starting to just strip this down a little bit? Are they looking at it a rebuild, a retool? What is the fan expectation or the fan evaluation of the roster besides Justin Fields? People have gotten mad here that Poles hasn't declared exactly what it is. But if you follow the situation closely, this is a rebuild. And again, the rebuild goes faster and then it's a retooling if Justin Fields is good. Or Justin, if Justin Fields is great, then you have something. They're going to have a ton of cap room next year. They had virtually no draft picks this year because Ryan Pace completely mis-drafted. He, 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 he did not take care of the salary cap. So if, if Fields is good, then you can go a little bit more. But, Chris, like Robert Quinn set a franchise record of 18 and a half sacks last year. He's probably going to get dealt before the season starts. They're probably not done tearing this thing down yet. And then we see where the quarterback goes before we know where the Bears go. All right, so, Sylvie, this is obviously a question that you may have just answered, but are the uncertain expectations among fans more about what they have lost or could continue to lose as opposed to what they did not add? I don't think people are upset in this town right now about losing Khalil Mack. It was a great day four or five years ago. It spurred that. 2018 season, but the thing the Bears have always had is that pop-up year of success. 2018 happens under the first year with Matt Nagy, Mitch Trubisky's here. We find out that Trubisky's no good. We know that Matt Nagy is no good. And they don't build any sustained success. So in order to hopefully what Ryan Ryan Poles is trying to do, and that's going to be really hard for everyone here in Chicago, because they hired Ryan and Matt again. We used to have Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Now we have Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. So it's sort of silly. Oh, we joke around about that. But I don't think anyone's crying over what they're losing as long as they build it up the right way for some sustained success because the Bears just have not had that at least in the last 35 years. Sylvia, I don't want to go to the just absolute nuclear position, but we're in sports radio, so that's what we do. This year's a disaster. Justin Fields does not develop. Do the Bears, if they end up with a top pick, considering that Ryan Poles didn't pick him, look at a quarterback again? Yeah, I think you made it easy on me. Like the, the question we keep asking is, what if there's gray? What if the Bears are bad and they're picking in the top five? And we're like, well, we still see the flash points from Fields, but because he wasn't surrounded, we still don't know. I think in your area where you're going nuclear and you're saying Justin Fields doesn't show anything and they're picking at the top of the draft, which they may be able to do, I think Ryan Poles picks his own guy. This is still – I have a lot of hope for Justin Fields. But Justin Fields is Ryan Pace's guy. So I think always the general manager wants his own guy no matter what. And they're going to try and build the kid up. But if, if – it's a terrible year, and Justin Fields doesn't show progress. 
you're never going to be in a better position than next year drafting at the top of the draft to take the new quarterback. Mark Silverman of Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000 in Chicago with us. Chris Carlin in for Greeny. Last one, I'm going to turn the tide a little bit. We've spent a lot of time today talking about Aaron Judge and where he could end up. Are the Cubs a viable option, you think, this offseason to be involved in, on somebody like Aaron Judge? Will they look to make a big splash next year? It depends on uh, Tom Ricketts, the Cubs owner, if he still, quote, has biblical losses. It's been, it's been tough on Cubs fans, Chris, with their lack of spending this year from a major market team, from a, a team that just won the World Series in 16, a team that built up Wrigley Field that has new ways to earn cash. Um, they should be in on Judge. They should be on, in on Trey Turner. They should be in on Xander Bogarts. They should be in on Gansby Swanson. They're the Chicago Cubs. You put them in the New York Yankees and the Los Angeles Dodgers category. Now, should they and will they? That's the big question. And will someone like Carlos Correa or the other guys I mentioned want to come here if they're still in a rebuild mode? And I don't think Aaron Judge would want to be here if he's the lone guy they're signing. Sylvie, awesome stuff. Appreciate a few minutes, man. Have a great show later. You too. Thank you. Mark Silverman, co-host of Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Chris Carlin in Fort Greene on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Tune in to an AL rivalry tomorrow night. Red Sox hosting the Yankees presented by Progressive Insurance. Coverage begins 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hembo is here as well from the hashtag crew. Cam, of course, from the hashtag crew officially as well. I want to make sure that I establish that bad job important. by me. Mm. Aaron Judge is fascinating to me because here is a superstar who is having the season that he is, but he does not come across as having a big personality. And in baseball, when we have seen rivalries at their best, they have not just been about teams beating up on each other. They have been about great personalities. There was no question about 10 years ago that the greatest rivalry in baseball continued to be Yankees-Red Sox, maybe let alone all of professional sports. It's hard to make that case right now. I don't know what is. Like, right now, Amir Garrett and Javi Baez has more juice to me as a rivalry, <laughs> if you've seen what's going on between those two over the last couple of years, than Yankees-Red Sox. Now, we talked about if Judge actually signed with the Red Sox this offseason, that would go, speaking of going nuclear, that would go nuclear and Yankees-Red Sox. When you look at this, is there a legit great rivalry in baseball right now and what is missing in Yankees-Red Sox? Because for me, it's all about personalities. I mean, when you had A-Rod and Veritek and Millar and Pedro, and everybody that was involved in Yankees-Red Sox over the years, I mean, you could not miss a game mm-hmm. in the early, in the late 90s and the early 2000s. And I don't get the and, sense. And obviously well before Of that. course, of course, but Manny and Poppy. And it's, yes. It was a whole host of legendary figures. They're not all great players, but they all fed into the rivalry and hated each other immensely. I don't get the sense that right now either of these sides hate each other. That could be in part. 
because Alex Cora and Aaron Boone have a reasonably good relationship. And I think they even worked with each other for a time here at ESPN. They at least know each other well. Mm -hmm. So there obviously isn't much animus there that isn't manufactured. But it's not obvious to me that right now the Yankees' bigger rival would be Houston or even Tampa. Like I would be much more juiced up by a Yankees-Astros ALCS than a Yankees-Red Sox ALCS. To your point, Yankees raged for a couple of years. They hated each other. They did. They they really hated each other. I don't think it stands at that same level right now. Kevin Cash was a fiery guy. Guys are getting hit in that that series, and the Yankees couldn't stand the fact that this – little team that could was beating the daylights out of them with a minuscule payroll for a few years. But that feels like it has fizzled out a little bit. Sure. I remember even talking to CC Sabathia about that years ago. And he said, yeah, we hate the Rays much more than we hate the Red Sox because they're sort of the upstart that doesn't respect you. Like, it's almost as if once the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004, it's almost as if for the subsequent almost 20 years now, the rivalry had just fizzled and fizzled and fizzled a little bit more. Like the, the, that rivalry, the backbone of that rivalry was built on the curse of the Bambino, right? The, the, the relationship was a hammer and nail. It wasn't a rivalry. The Yankees won 26 World Series in between Red Sox World Series. But once it happened, they were sort of on equal footing again. And part of me wonders if the Red Sox actually winning that World Series and then subsequently winning more has sort of just rendered this every other geographic rivalry that we have in sports. It sort of makes you wonder. I, I, I look at the... I absolutely think there will be a ton of juice to a Yankees-Astros postseason series. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, we're saying this about Yankees-Red Sox, and it was just a wild card game. And, and it's, it's not there. Mm-mm. Yankees-Astros, because of what happened a few years ago with the fan bases, will have that level of energy. But I think even Carlos Correa being gone takes a little something away from that. It probably does. I was disappointed that he left Houston in part for that reason. But you're right. I think in some sense, the way that the Yankees' season is shaping up with a chance to set the franchise record for wins, with Aaron Judge's pursuit of 60 home runs, it almost feels like if you're checking boxes, right, if you're, if you're exercising ghosts, that beating the Astros in the postseason, that's, that's like the white whale. That is the crown jewel of this crown jewel of Yankee seasons. To me, I'm certain that they would much prefer that than to win more ga- regular season games than any team has. And I bet even if you asked Aaron Judge in a contract year, he'd much rather knock out those Astros in the playoffs than hit 62 home runs. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question that he'd rather that be the case. It's Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. The other factor for me with Judge now moving forward is not just the health. He's got the calf issue that the Yankees call day-to-day right now. It'll be very interesting to watch. It's how much they want to hold him back in the second half overall. Because I don't think you can argue that based off of what happened last year, the Yankees' new ideas about uh, load management with their players, especially their, their bigger guys, has worked. Yeah, Stanton was hurt a little bit this year. Uh, missed, what did he miss? Probably 30 games, something like that. But he's been better the last couple of years because of it. Judge has been better Uh, since 2020 because of it. Judge with this kind of a situation, the amount of pressure that's on him, there's one thing to play through it and there's another thing to not play through it. Think about the the balance there for him. There's the knock of being injury prone, but if I go out there and play this year in the second half and I'm not playing as well because I'm banged up, which way am I supposed to go here? I'll tell you what. This might sound almost unethical, but if I'm Aaron Boone, if I'm Brian Cashman, 
I'm not load managing my homegrown player who spurned a $200 million contract in a contract year. He's playing every day. He's mm. playing every day that he can. I don't think that's happening. I think they will absolutely load manage him because not because they want to wear for what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Let's milk him for everything he is worth. I think it's more has to do with we need this guy in the postseason. And if we are going to lose him, we at the very least better have a World Series trophy to show for it. I'm setting the over under at 150 games. What are you taking? I would take the under. Take the under. Because think about it. He had played 80 and 82 games in the first half. I did not see that happening, and I don't see that continuing to happen in the second half, especially if the Yankees are running away with the American League East. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.